confronting white narcissism in in conscious and we could put quotes or stars around that um conscious communities because that's what it is because it's yep. not i'm not right it, this is not just a this is not this is a white narcissism issue and it's showing up in a lot of places where people do virtue signaling and yeah, so it's not just um the coaching industry it's not just spirituality it's also um this sort of false liberalism that happens on the left so mm -hmm. that's um that's a really tricky and trigger point for spot for a lot of people um and, and it's, it's a very, it's very, I mean, it's really that it all comes back to the same things. Um, it all comes back to the same issue, um, but it, it manifests in these different, there's a diff, there's different language that's used to virtue signal in these different circles. Hello again. Welcome back to the Fundamentals of Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Furlong. I am so excited to share this episode with you all. It is featuring Grace Havner. And Grace, when I invited her to speak with me on the podcast, this was kind of a long time coming. Grace asked that we center the conversation on the subject of white narcissism in conscious communities. Grace is doing some traveling right now. So the, the, connection that we had, our internet wasn't always the strongest. There are a couple of places in the in the conversation that are just a little bit garbled. I've done my best to mitigate that, to minimize that. And I hope that you will be compelled to listen all the way through because Grace is bringing these very essential, integral truths and understandings and perspective into a space where there's so much confusion right now, frankly. Anyway, I'm going to stop introducing and get to the interview. Yeah, so let's jump right in. Um, is my sound okay? My microphone is not close. You sound great. You look great. I love your ceiling, and um, I'm a little bit, I'm wishing I had more aesthetic situation here, but this, that's okay. This is the nicest place I've ever lived, and I, I can't afford it right now because I just shuttered half of my business, but which is why I'm going to leave. That's one of the reasons I'm going to leave. I feel like what you're doing is really healthy. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm very excited. Okay, yeah. so we're going to just jump right in um, because that's kind of how I do things here. I'm really, really excited to be recording this with you and just get right into this topic of confronting white narcissism in conscious communities. And when we were coming up with, or narrowing down, I should say, the topic for today, because there's there are so many things that we could talk about and we talked mm -hmm. for a while yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. We were really, um, we really chose this conscious community languaging intentionally. We talked about, you know, the coaching industry. We talked about spirituality kind of as a general um, umbrella. We talked about uh, just white narcissism in general, and that was just going to be way, way too big. Um, and so Grace, I'm just going to kind of open it up for you to jump right in. And um, I think yesterday we established that we both do really well to just let things flow and it might be a little bit digressive. It will probably be a little bit digressive, maybe a lot because I'm here, <laughs> but um, yeah. So if you want to just give a quick introduction of yourself and sure. see what comes through. 
Grace, I'm really excited that you're here with me. And um, if you'll just give an introduction of yourself and before we jump into our topic today, uh, we'll let everybody get acquainted with you. Okay. Um, I'm Grace Havner. I am from occupied Duwamish lands. That's where I was born and raised in Seattle, Washington. And I'm currently on occupied Cotto lands um, in East Texas. And I'm at the beginning of a, I should say beginning, although it's been a life work of an ancestral journey to reconnect with my ancestral homelands um, in the Southeast of the United States, ancestral homelands on my mom's side of the family, which is a really um, a difficult walk because of the nature of racism in this country and how families have navigated safety in regard to that. And so in my family that manifested as hiding, um, hiding our indigenous identity and passing for white. So uh, in, t- in the context of today's topic, we talked about so many different things to, to potentially bring in and it all has, it just keeps coming back to this confronting of the white narcissism that we see particularly right now. Maybe I say particularly because I'm immersed in these conscious communities, but Mm -hmm. in, so I'm just seeing it (laughs) in these conscious Mm -hmm. communities. Um, And I want to just open up the space for you to, to say whatever feels to come through and we'll just riff from there if that works for you. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I think I was, I was kind of reviewing some of these issues last night and I had a very visual experience of how this is functioning. And so when we talk about um, equal energy exchange and um, you know, what, how that's important when we're moving through the world, one of the things that's happening with that is that there's this, Um, very westernized understanding of what that looks like and it pretty much just includes money and money is this amazing tool and what I think happens so often though is that people have what I've been calling um, bosses and they and they have even if they're getting themselves free you know they went oh I want to be an entrepreneur because I don't want to have a boss but the bosses actually are not human. They're mental beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so those, those attachments to those beliefs are the new bosses. And so how that functions, what I'm seeing is that because when we're talking about healing, if you call yourself a healer, it has to include an understanding of social justice issues. And I, and I, I, that's one way to describe it. You, you cannot bypass when you're a good healer, you can't bypass pain. And so if you're going to stand in that position as a person who hasn't experienced certain types of pain, you need to either be very specific about what you're able to hold, or you got to do the work to understand the waters you're swimming in. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're swimming in waters of a global system of imagined white supremacy. So, okay. Can you pull apart 
can you pull apart for us? What are some of those beliefs that you're seeing cause harm, right? Some of the, the perpetuations, these bosses, the beliefs that are holding people in uh, patterns that drive imagined white supremacy. And yeah, that's the question. I mean, for me, I, I think I'm going to talk about how I see these bosses functioning in myself, because I think that's the most relatable um, and how I, how I const and I think everybody who, everybody who does this work says that, that you got to be on it daily because it's too easy to slide into the default pattern and the default pattern shows up as a, um, I'm going to call it a lost masculine way of operating in the world. There is a, or maybe even false masculine would be a good way to describe it. Um, and it, yeah, it's a very, so I wasn't sure how I was going to talk about this and I, I still don't know how I'm going to frame it exactly, but when we talk about light, which is a, a let the light is the masculine, um, frequency, right. And, and we, and some people are really on this trip right now to talk about false light. So false masculine stuff. And yet they're still engaging in the exact same programs that are that falseness, that are that, that masculine light that is born of lostness, that's born of disconnection to life force energy, basically. Mm -hmm. And the minute you become disconnected from life force energy, you become parasitic. You have to be because you're not drawing on your own connection. So you're gonna be pulling from someone else's. Yes, yes, yes. And we're seeing, we yeah. see it right all the time in this, the perpetuation of so much of what's happening um, in, for instance, the coaching community. Mm -hmm. And can you talk more about equal energy exchange and well, we got to talk about, we can't talk about equal energy exchange until we talk about planetary, planetary and directional energy exchange. So when you have an entire group of people, so, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this people that identify as white, as a directional understanding have are lost. So we're missing the balance. So yeah. when you have an entire group of people that aren't connected to our interconnectedness. And when I say that, I mean that on a very big scale, then you're out of balance. So we have one group that lost its sacred connection and became parasitic on the rest of the world. And now we're talking about what it takes to heal and mend on a global scale, our reconnectivity, right? Our, our, because because we are interconnected, we're on this planet, and this planet is an organism with a spirit and the life force energy of its own. And because we are connected and a part of that, we are affecting it. So when we have a whole group of people that are offline or engaging in in parasitic behaviors, and I would say anybody can be a part of that, but we have a specific um, group that has been doing this colonialism very overtly in the collective understanding for at least 500 years. I would, my background, I'll say it's thousands years longer than that. But um, for the purposes of this conversation, let's stick with the 
thousand to five hundred year range. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Go ahead. I, I feel like you were gonna say something else. Yeah. So if you pilfer the world of its resources and you're part of the tribe that does that, or tribes that do that, um and you, you know, by because whiteness actually does, isn't a tribal identity, it's a directional reality. Um, but there, it, it's, it's like a, um, this eating force that eats everything in its way. So people that now identify as white that used to have a tribal connection are a part of that lostness. Right. And so when you have that, I'm sorry, are we still connected? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, when you have that reality of this parasitic force on the planet and the extraction that's happened everywhere that that's gone. And, and then you, you know, you, there's, I think what, what with a, with a sense of heart, I want to say this, people want that connection. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. They want to feel alive again. They want to feel free again. They want to feel connection and interconnectivity with the rest of the people on the planet. Um, and unfortunately, because of the programming, because of the way the education system is run, because of the way that advertising and marketing is run, because of all of these stories, which are really powerful, stories are inc incredibly powerful tools and teachers and, uh, and have a life force energy of their own. Um, they, they are in a position now where all the resources have gone like to this group and the people that play the game of the group and they're swimming. So you can't have equal energy exchange when you haven't fixed the imbalance to begin with. We have to fix the imbalance first before we can say that's not equal energy exchange, you know, and not everybody is going to, um, you know, I guess an example I could say is that what we see is that there are groups of people that have kept their connection who, whose energy gifting is far greater than anything that these um, fake spiritualists could provide. And they're not experiencing the kind of reciprocity that is necessary, but you have to be really tuned in and you have to be on that tuned in reality daily in order to be able to hear, I need to make sure that this person is okay. Right. That keeps me in their prayer work. Yep. And this, uh, this is where that, the, the term narcissism comes in, right? It's, and we're specifically speaking to white narcissism today. Mm -hmm. It's that ego centered I'm at the center of this and, and I see this and I've experienced this, uh, thinking that you've figured it out, thinking mm -hmm. that, you know, the magic because you're getting something mm -hmm. and there's a, what I observe is that there's just a lot of unwillingness to even have these conversations. Mm -hmm. um, by people mm -hmm. who are, you know, teaching and coaching and guiding and healing and leading. And 
writing off a lot of, um, and, you know, full transparency, because that's kind of my shtick. This last year for me has been exploring a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I, I went back into that programming pretty deeply. And mm-hmm. uh, I would call that kind of the shadow, right? And um, which is another- That's kind of how it. this conversation got started, right? Because I took issue with the use of the word manifest. Right. I manifested this. Precisely. And that was- yeah, it's not even a, that's such an easy thing. And you're so humble and gentle to my, my kind of like, what the fuck response. And um, that showed who are out there for us to engage in. Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because your connection just got a little wonky, but we're going to work oh. with it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but, and that's where I, you know, where I come from is I, I really do do my best. And sometimes I flat out fucking fail to be open and, and be humble and have these conversations and, and to say like, I don't know shit about shit. You know, I know a lot about a lot, but I also don't know what I don't know, like any other human really. And I am still human, whether I, I like, no matter how much work I try to do, do to fucking transcend that I'm still here in a human vessel and I got to work with that. And it is, it's so important because we have, like my experience has been, you know, having these moments of, of what I would say, uh, like upness, uh, where it's like, everything, uh, lucidity maybe is a good word. Um, Mm -hmm. Really seeing clearly, really being the observer and not like getting, you know, having that, um, being in that, that really sweet spot and thinking like, all right, but you know that the moment that you're like, I am enlightened, the moment that you're like, I got it is the moment that you don't fucking got it anymore. But how many people are actually having that conversation? I mean, that's a that's a digression from from that. But yeah, absolutely. The, the best conversations from my experience come from being willing to say, like, I don't necessarily see your perspective yet. And I may never, but I'm willing to, to absolutely willing to have these conversations and to hold space for you to, to teach me. I still might may not agree at the end of the day because maybe I just don't get it yet. And maybe. Mm-hmm just not what I want to believe. Right. But oh. and that's it. It's the willingness is the openness. Um, well, can I ask you a question then since we're on that topic? Yeah, you can ask me anything. Um, what was your experience as you, after I confronted that manifest post, what was your experience then of beginning to dig in to these questions? Yeah. You know, what was your experience of saying, okay, manifest is a dirty word to some people on the world why? Yeah. And I, you know, this, it wasn't the first time that that had been presented to me. And I, I've really only, it was really only through, you know, 2020 that I was like really playing with the word manifest. I had used it uh, for a previous couple of years without like, it was something that was coming through that I probably hadn't really like um, studied, I've still never really probably studied like manifestation the way that it's taught by a lot right now. Um, but I did have, you know, I, I absolutely had a moment of like, I don't understand necessarily where grace is coming from on this. And then I got on Google 
And I started looking up because you had, you know, you mentioned manifest destiny and I was, I it's, it's something that I had heard. I probably learned some white centered version of it in elementary school Mm -hmm. or some, some part of my trash education. Um, but I really didn't like, hadn't thought about it in years, right. Didn't connect those dots and see how much entitlement can come with a lot of that line of thinking. And, um, you know, and I still was like, kind of in this, like, okay, but I don't teach it the same way that a lot of people teach it. And cause I don't, and I don't have, I'm not teaching it at all anymore. Cause I just don't, I'm not teaching anything right now, really, um, outside of my private mentorships, but, and really in my mentorships, this is, this is more of what we're doing. We're conversing and exploring and learning, you know, through experience, um, but I was thinking like, well, I don't teach it the way that a lot of people teach it. And that like, there is for me, there is, and this will probably change through this conversation, an element of using certain terminology to bring people in who that would resonate with and teaching them a, a different way. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I, I was playing, that's kind of what I was playing with last year. Like, well, if I label it as this, because this is what people are wanting right now, then I can bring mm-hmm. them in and teach them these other elements of my perspective, which from right. where I'm standing, again, I could be wrong, but from where I'm standing, my perspective is very different than, than a lot of people. I know everybody likes to think that, and that could also just be my own version of white narcissism coming through. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing Mm -hmm. to entertain that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's really tricky, right? Like a lot of that, a lot of the way that I want to say a couple things, actually, you said so many, so much good stuff in there education system, our shitty education system. I was thinking about that when you were talking and, um, also just how these, how this functions, how white narcissism actually shows up is a really important, um, there's some things that can get pinged through talking about that because it shows up. Oftentimes it's very sneaky how it shows up. It doesn't show up as, um, you know, this overt, sometimes it can show up as like crying, Absolutely. You know, but crying for me, you know, but, but what about me? Mm-hmm. You know, and I saw, I want to, I want to talk about this in a very serious. This was a huge catalyst for me to um, get back into this work in a more formal capacity. So to take on the labels again um, for social justice kind of work, because I was in the spring, I was moved you know, there've been talks with elders on, on the other side and other, other, you know, prayer sisters here and to go ahead and move forward with this course called Decolonize Your Spiritual Practice. And um, powerful, powerful work and powerful work to have that much support coming from the other side. And what this looks like is... Um, I've been really tired of seeing, I was just really gross. I've been grossed out for quite some time about how I see the, the fake healing industry functioning. I don't like to, to see 
how it harms people when it's supposed to, when it has a title on it of healer healing you know so that's one thing and the, and and coaching industry work is healing work if it's right if it's done right right so that's that's one thing that was going on and then the other thing that was happening was that a lot of um appropriation to virtue signal different kind of virtue signaling than it was virtue signaling within this this um new age or new earth type groups where they're you'll see a white woman show up on instagram burning white sage which is a closed spiritual practice and it got tromped on but it came that came white sage became popularized in the 60s when the hippie movement in California started. Sage is something that is used in indigenous practices all across Turtle Island. White sage in particular, though, is is a middle to southern California and into Mexico tribal tradition, right? And those those people have a relationship with that plant that. I don't understand because I'm not from a California community, right. right? And it's not my right to go in and harvest or extract their family members. Mm-hmm. You see, and that's where this gets really interesting and why, and I think it's, it brings up all this painful stuff because when you've been in the position of having your identity extracted and taken from you um, and that's shown up in a lot of different ways in the, on the by the time it reached the west coast it showed up as boarding schools so children were snatched out of their families and forced into boarding schools and that was a horror situation it's not different with plants mm-hmm. just because they're not human Mm-hmm. Because when you step out of the Western mindset, which is that everything is a commodity, including humans. So when you move out of everything as a commodity into an actual, you drop into a spiritual understanding, then you know that everything is interconnected, that animals and plants are our relations and that there's stewardship. So if you wouldn't go into somebody's family and say, I'm sorry, I'm taking your grandmother and she's going to teach in my community for the next four years. I'm sorry, you'll miss her. Mm-hmm. You know, then you don't do that with plants either. Right. And this is part of you that. don't do that to sell your business. Right. And remembering that this is part of this, that's the is symptomatic of that disconnection and of that, right, that we talked about earlier, where we feel we are just in so many ways, there are the majority of the population, particularly white culture is mm-hmm. so disconnected. We see ourselves as separate from nature, not mm-hmm. the same because we are. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and what also just came up for me is thinking about, you know, in the, in global, with globalization, uh, becoming so, so even further disconnected from the land, from the lineage, right? From like, like you were just saying, you know, white sage in particular coming from uh, mid California down into Mexico. And 
being con directly connected then, right, to the peoples of those lands. I, you know, my, my ancestry is uh, Irish and German, and like, I wouldn't have a connection there. And learning about these things and understanding why, you know, we're not just burning a plant to, to smudge, which I know, like, is another thing that is being, the term itself um, is not mine to use. So I, I don't use it. Um, but to like, cleanse in certain ways. Um, but these practices, they're so sacred. And I know yesterday, we talked about how how much of what is being done is is like do you even know where it came from and that disconnection mm -hmm. there's that and then i think what people don't realize is on a spiritual level they're causing a lot of problems for themselves and that's what that's the real big trouble is that what's happening when with all of this and i and this is where it gets to it gets into dicey territory you know where i have to like protect myself before i say this because there's a lot of theaters that don't want this to to be said, you know, is that they're making it very dangerous for themselves. They're creating energetic debt. Mm -hmm. And I, I can, um, an energetic debt is a big issue because mm -hmm. you carry that, your soul carries your energetic debt. You don't get to lose your energetic debt if you die. Do you know what I mean? I so it doesn't matter if you're born into a different body or a different culture, you're still carrying your energetic debt. And, and when you, you know, when you fuck around like that, where you take, where you steal, you created a debt, you know, and that's the, that's the really tricky thing. And then it's like, well, if your ancestors steal, stole, and you're carrying a intergenerational debt, which most people that have settler roots at all, or maybe roots are not the right word, are, <laughs> we're, we're carrying energetic debt, right? ancestral energetic debt. Right. Because we were born into a system where our appearance affords us access to things that were stolen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's so much uh, that I, I want to say and so much that I want to ask. And um, it's, it's given me like a little bit of a pause, I, uh, which is great when it happens because I I always know I'm in really good company when the, the thoughts are in check and I'm not rambling. Um, <laughs> so I have this, um, this course coming up is course, the right word program. Um, they it's don't class. the same thing to me. Okay. So you're, you're yeah, teaching the class, class and, uh, yeah, and it's not a, it's a, I, oh, sorry. No, that's okay. I was just going to say there's, there is this, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a language, like that's just my thing anyway. So I'm always pulling apart words and, and playing with the languaging on things. And also this is part of what I'm like, part of my frustration with the coaching industry and, and a lot of what's going on um, with educators right now is like all of the courses and the programs and the, this and the, that and I'm like, I, my head is just spinning. So, um, so you're teaching this class. And I think it's, uh, when did you tell me it is starting? It's going to start the first full week of April. A little bit of a lap yeah. right now. Um, and then it's going to run through the end of May. Sorry, I know. That's okay. <laughs> it just, so, yeah, a little bit. So the course is, yeah, the course starts the first full week of April and it runs to the end of May. Um, 
Okay. And you want me to talk about it? <laughs> Did you want me to say what it is? <laughs> we can say what it is. Um, I do think it's important. I mean, the context of, of the conversation that we're having. And, and so, and I know a lot of my audience is exploring this with me and, um, you know, really committed to, to their education and to learning from people who are, uh, I'm going to say qualified, you know, there's a lot of, and on the topic, like there's just so much BS being passed around. And, uh, at a certain point, I think that we do have to be asking who's teaching us, yeah, you know, it is. And, and also because I think we're bringing up things that I'm, you know, are making me think in new ways. I do want people to feel that they know, um, where they can, what, what is the next step that they can take? You know, how, how and you are offering something that would be a great next step if it feels right for people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things is that this is a always when you're doing personal healing work, it is a personal process and you can bring in helpers that have more experience with what you might be going through. And you can also, you can do that in a myriad of ways. You can take a course like the one I'm creating where you get a little bit more of one-on-one FaceTime with a person who has been an expert in the field, if you will, you know, somebody that has the, the training who, or who's maybe, I don't even want to use the word expert or training. Let's just say somebody who's been in the trenches. Yep. for a long time, not a year, not a weekend um, anti-racism training, not a couple months of anti-racism training. None of that is going to put you in a position where you pulled out. Basically, what the work that I do is is um, white narcissists. I'm an exorcist. Will you, okay, before we talk any further about the class, and because I just love that you just fucking said that, it aligned perfectly with the question that I wanted to ask you and I forgot. Will you expand on some ways that white narcissism shows up in, uh, we're specifically talking about conscious communities, but but how does it show up in spirituality and, and in the pursuit of expanding our, our consciousness and our awareness and, uh, and, and in, in the social justice work? How does sure. that narcissism show up? Okay, well, I think one of the things I'm going to say is just look around, see what your circle is. That's number one. If you look around and your circle is 90% white looking people, then you probably have been swimming in a specific water. I'm not suggesting that you should go and invade somebody else's circle. That is not what I'm suggesting. But you got to figure out where. So, what I, I'm calling the economic situation that we're in without the the economic balancing having happened for people who have come from oppressed communities or whose communities are under continual oppression. So we haven't done the restitution work in this country and most of the world where colonialism has been at play. We haven't done the reparations work for slavery where in most places in the world where slavery has taken place because of colonialism, because there was a triad that went with that. And so if you're benefiting from those systems because of the color of your skin and you're only swimming in that uh, nude crayon box, see, this is like nude, Crayola decided to call white nude. I did not. How many other people? Are you fucking kidding me? Well, that was back in the day. We, well, I grew up with the, the, 
cream colored crayon. I guess you're right. Oh my god. Called nude. No, you're as right. if there aren't any other skin colors, you know. So if you're, yeah, yeah. So these are very subtle. One thing, excuse my language. The one thing that is the most obvious, and I know that the internet kind of gets funny when I get animated, so I'll try to keep myself <laughs> down. So. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> Guys, shut the electricity off with my energy. Okay, so the um, the, the most obvious way this is happening, and I the, the language I use for this is is the new apartheid. So yeah. where economics keep cer certain social circles or hierarchies Caucasian, mm -hmm. you know. So like you're so like people get out upset. Oh my gosh, you know this is. Why do they have to have a circle that's this, you know, it's like, well, you're creating those circles for yourself with white people, but you do it through money. So you never have to say that you're actually excluding people. But how many of those conscious community pictures do you see your retreat pictures where there's one person of color and everybody else is white? And I don't know what and I don't know what that person experiences that decided to go there with a bunch of white people. But I can't imagine it's always very comfortable because I pass for white and I'm often not comfortable in those situations. Right. You have to like deny yourself your existence basically, yeah. or, you know, like I, I remember getting, yeah, there's just so many examples. It's, it's ongoing. There's always like another, you know, even the word, like how I hear manifest versus how it's being used. Right. It's a great, great way. Right. Um, so that would be one way it shows up. And the other way that it shows up, and this is why I formalize the work that I do, is that, so I do some healing work as called and prayer work. That's not something I ever charge for, doesn't have a price. Um, that's my real job on the planet. You know, my real work, that prayer work if you want to call it that. So when I, what happened in the spring when the George Floyd situation combusted, um, a reality that a lived reality for black people in particular, that's not a one incident. It was just that that pushed it over because this is happening daily, right? So this is what's, What's crazy is that this is happening daily for hundreds of years in the United States and other places in the world. And all of a sudden it's on the news. And I'm going to say this too, because it's very interesting how this, uh, the white woman identity functions because you're a woman. So you're experiencing oppression right. and you're white. So you're also engaged in a system where you have the potentiality to be an oppressor right and a lot of people hold those different intersectional identities in different ways so having knowing where you are this is where labels are important you have to know where you sit in the tapestry in order to understand how systems of oppression and power function yes. and the functionality of that and in order to be an active dismantler in that process yeah. Um, well, it's just bringing to mind um, and how how essential it is to understand. So one of my mentors um, has just taught me so, 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 so much. Uh, 
she teaches it as the cage of oppression and teaches intersectionality with this really specific model. But, and, and that's not really my point right now, but my point is how much that changed my understanding. And, and as a white woman, I was able to understand then, oh, I do feel oppressed, which I already knew. Uh, mm-hmm. And I also feel guilt and shame for being an oppressor. And mm-hmm. how do you dismantle that within yourself? You have to dismantle it within yourself before you can do the work in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it will, yes and no, because you, you, you have to start, you know? And if we turn it into what kind of what we we're talking about, where you do need to be conscious of who you're working with, but you don't want to turn it into another guru situation. You don't want to turn it into another, I have to do X. It, this is one thing that I will say that when I do this work is really important. Nobody graduates. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I want, I think there was this, I think people saw my decolonize your spiritual practice class and I was very firm and I was very clear. And I also organized it in a way that I, I'm not doing right now because because the, the white people are not caught up on reciprocity, to just put it blankly. There's a, there's a surrendering to the machine as far as money is concerned that keeps most people, and I would say everyone who's decided to engage in systems of whiteness out of an understanding of reciprocity. So real reciprocity, real energy exchange, real balance. And only, you know, what that actually looks like, because you know what your experience of receiving that energy was. And this is where that tune in has to happen. So I went from, I tried it, I experimented the decolonize your spiritual practice class had a value, but no price. Mm -hmm. Anybody could join. It didn't matter get in the class, let's do this work and let's call on your, uh, call on your own systems of reciprocity. What's functioning in this white coaching industry, this conscious community that is dominated by whiteness is that it's only valuable if it costs a lot of money. Yes. I only take it seriously if it's got this dollar mark on it. And they're missing the fact that most of us that are doing this work are doing most of our work for free. We didn't train as social justice minded people. We didn't train with this knowledge to make bank. It was relatively clear that this is not a field that I'm going to go into and make a ton of money, you know? So, so we do our work. In other words, like you could follow my page and if you were dedicated you didn't, you don't have to pay for a class, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's helpful maybe to have that one-on-one and that depends on what kind of learner you are, but you could get a lot of the same knowledge just by spending the time and taking it seriously, getting a couple books, following some people on Instagram that are talking about these issues regularly, making sure that you're paying attention to black voices, making sure that you're paying attention to Asian voices, making sure that native people aren't invisible in your world. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what happens. Making sure that native people aren't invisible in your ancestry. You know, that's my work. It's like, yeah, 
you know, oh, did we just, so you just, we just disappeared. Uh, we just genocided within our own family system. The genocide is happening internally. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. You just gave me like that. Just like, <sighs> thank you for, for bringing that up because I think I don't have any experience with that. So I don't really have any words. All I have right now is a feeling of, of like just deep sadness, you know, and, and what that must feel like, because I, and again, I, not to center this on myself, but I'm relating, you know, just my, my very micro experience of hiding in my own life, hiding, you know, mm -hmm. my opinions and myself and, and my power and this and that. And I know that there is no mm -hmm. comparison, but it, I can, I can only imagine, and I know that I can't understand it. Um, but it's not something that I had really thought about that much previously. You know, I, even in passing, I can, I can remember like reading certain things in books and, and like having an understanding that that happened. Mm -hmm. But every time we have these conversations, we're bringing the, these things further, these, uh, these real lived experiences that people are having. I don't want to just like say that these things back into further into awareness. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, taking, taking, I guess, responsibility for that is it's <laughs> man. And this is like, I'm going to be really honest. This is a tricky thing for me to talk about. And, and I think it's tricky for, for so many reasons, but there is always that element of like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to, but I, and I'm being transparent about that because I know that is the experience that most people are having, which is why they don't fucking talk about these things. Um, yeah, that's the trouble. Nope. I mean, that is where, yeah. We don't want to be wrong. That's we don't what I've noticed. Offend. We don't want There's to. So that's like, I'm interrupting. Go ahead, finish what your thought. No, no, it's, 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 it's so good. Yeah, this go is so it. good. You just go said for it. It, This ain't about so me. So here's a saying. So there's an old saying, an old racist saying in the United States. Um, and the first, the, the first part of it, well, there's different versions of this, but the main thing is white is right. Right. R-I-G-H-T. White is right. Yes. And so what you see is that actually that's a, that's a cage for white people white women, especially because you're supposed to be a nice white, sweet white girl and you are right. And your name doesn't get written on the board because your teachers know you're right too. And you have to be right all the time. And you have to live up to the standard that's false because we're wrong a lot. All of us are. The difference is, is that in communities that haven't been given that privilege that also comes with a tremendous amount of toxicity i think we have to move away from the word privilege because it's keeping us trapped from actually talking about this i agree this is what's actually happening is it's not white privilege it's white abuse yeah okay thank you for and, that. i agree yeah and it's and it's benefits it's white abuse that result in material benefits for white looking or white passing people and so being able to identify that is really important. And then understanding that there's a cage that happens when you're living 
in that system and we want to become free, right? The whole, we all do, we have this heart here. If we turn this on, if you turn this on, your heart on, you can be wrong, but you bring your sincerity to the table and a strength simultaneously that people know that you're authentic. And that's what's the, the issue is that we got all these white looking people being fake as fuck. And it's very scary for, for people who have experienced trauma at the hands of fake as fuck white people. Right. Right. Yeah, so we, we, there's different versions of this. We, we can see this dynamic happening with women and men. How often do you see a woman getting into a new relationship and she's high on the love and about two months in her trust issues crop up? Right. Why is that? It's not necessarily that it's cheating happening. It's because he's not being authentic with his emotions. So a disconnect happens. The same thing is functioning in, the con- in this concept, concept. And that's because... If you're going to hold male privilege, you have to do it by covering up your emotions, by being strong, by being stoic, by, you know, all of these things are functioning there. You can't, and women often reject men that come with their whole heart because that requires intimacy. And we've been trained in the inverted version of, of avoiding intimacy. So this is all a big intimacy conversation. You can't have intimacy without truth. So we have to put the truth on the table. The truth has to come to the table. That's how connection happens. That's how, if you're authentic, you can have connection. You know what I mean? And so this is like, this is a layer of authenticity that a lot of white people don't want to do because it's going to require that they give up some of their benefits that they're receiving through the abusive system. Well, and this is what you gain on the other side. No, go, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> say, say what you're going to say. What you gain on the other side of that, what you gain on the other side of that is priceless. It's priceless. It's, it's but absolutely I, You have priceless. to be willing, but this is the thing. It's priceless. But this is the thing is like, you have to be willing. You can't walk in saying, I'm going to get something on the other side of it. You have to be, this is the true for all spiritual realities too. You have to be willing to put yourself on the fucking ground. You have to go to the bottom. If you want to get to the top, I love do you know that. what I mean? You have to, you, you're, this is a, a, a form of, we talked about this before, crystalline ego death so that the sacred ego can take its place. I'm so glad you just brought that back up. The crystalline ego, because that is, I mean, that's really what this is about. And it goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning, which is that for, it's the, the disconnection from spirit, from source that drives the ego it's the the egoic imbalance but drives that crystalline ego actually we didn't talk about this but this is what's coming through you can tell me what you think um if you want it but it crystallizes that ego even further when we uh protect ourselves when we only stay in comfortable situated that's that is where the concept of privilege goes bad. Um, I did an earlier episode on this with my best friend, Sarah. I don't remember. We did it last year. I don't remember what we were talking about, but it's called like spoiled rotten. When you are spoiled rotten because mm. your whole life you've been catered to uh, mm. 
you know, and, and I experienced this in my own, in my own way, which is part of the reason I was so mentally ill for so fucking long, because I, I could feel that something was wrong, but so much of this dysfunctional mm-hmm. bullshit had been normalized. I couldn't articulate it. And every time mm-hmm. I tried to my, my small town, Ohio bubble would push back. And so it took me, mm-hmm. you know, getting out and, and like being out and years of therapy and just you know, sorting it out and reading and learning and and immersing myself to really get it before I realized why I was so sick. And it was because Mm -hmm. my ego was so fucking fragile that I was always like at the first sign of discomfort, moving away, trying to seek comfort, trying to seek pleasure. It made me manipulative. It made me a liar. I had no integrity. I treated people like shit. I was a vampire. I was all of those things. I was so overly sensitive. I had no capacity for discomfort. When you don't have a capacity for discomfort, you don't have the ability to have actual intimacy. You may think that you do, but unless you have that, you know, it's, it is, like you said, it's everything on the other side of that is it's literally everything that we want that every single human being wants, even if they don't know they want it. Um, and mm-hmm. I just went off on a tangent. I don't even remember where, where we started with that. Oh, the crystalline ego, um, breaking through that by being willing. Yeah. Letting go of white is right. Being willing to be wrong, like being that. willing to be wrong, being willing, when you're willing to be wrong, you can hear when you're willing, so another way to say this: when you're willing to grow, you can hear. But let me. How can you receive water? I, I just want to say, like, so the growth thing is another interesting topic because that's the trend right now, right? Growth, mm-hmm. and yet mm-hmm. we're still seeing so much of these missed, these missed conversations around growth. Right. Growth means, so the way that I speak to this, to my people, that's not the term that I like to use. They're not my people. I don't have people, but my, in my community and in these conversations is to say, um, you know, growth is about expanding beyond the current means growth is is about expanding beyond the current comfort zone. You can't grow Mm -hmm. without getting to the other side of that line, you know? And, and for most of us, it's like, we press, I get a lot of visuals. So I'm like, we press up against the edges of that bubble until it's like, until it's ready to shatter. Um, Oh yeah. And I think that's important, right? Like I, I, I was making this analogy with your, busy like if you put a seed you plant a seed and you put a plastic container over it called whiteness and it can't receive sun and it can't receive rain and it can't breathe anymore and um it's in the earth but it's not anything else it's not going to grow right and if you 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 know so you take the lid off now it can receive the water now it can receive the sun now it can receive healthy air now the soil can become in interacting with these gifts right and it's already got life force inside of it so it's already has that etheric quality that is the spark it's in us already all of us and then you have to be very wise and use your own personal discernment about what how much water you can take right what what where am i going to water this and where am i going to flood it out so you have to know your own. So like this work that I'm doing is trauma work. 
if you flood yourself with too much trauma, you're not, you're going to become sick. You don't want so much, so much water in your, in your, in your vessel that it explodes or your seed can't grow, you know, and on and on. And if you're going to swim in these waters, which is what we're all swimming in when we're on this earth and our interconnectivity, then you do need to have some navigation tools. Yeah. And there's a responsibility for that. And, and I, you know, I say that with so much heart and, and as I said, it, what comes up is, you know, most of, most of the people that are, that are, that do exist in my sphere right now are actually, I would say all of them are uh, like, I don't have shitty people around me, (laughs) are um, so heart centered and so compassionate and they, they are so motivated by the collective healing and reconciling. And I want to recognize that and also say like, again, unless we're willing to go to this really uncomfortable place uh, and, and open, then it's, it's, it's missed, mm-hmm. right? It's, there's the virtue signaling aspect. And that, that term has been really prevalent for me in the last year. Mm-hmm. If you're not actually investing in this yeah. education and uh, investing energetically in whatever way that that is, um, yeah, I don't remember exactly what my point on that was, but just to say, like, it's there's a lot to it. So I want um, what I what I want to do is kind of wrap today's conversation up so we don't go too long. We've touched on a lot of things. Is there? I have two things, um, two questions. Is there anything else that feels like it wants to come through in the in the context of this conversation? And then also, can you tell anyone who's listening, tell the listeners how they can get in contact with you? How can they join a class or follow you on, I know you're very active on Facebook and, and you have your Instagram. Where can people find you? Yeah, I think for the class stuff, if they're wanting to connect, they should definitely reach out to you and connect through my Facebook page, if, if that's if it's a role that you're willing to play. Yeah. Um, I think for me, relationship is really important. And so it's helpful to know, you know, or they can just message me directly on my page, but maybe say, Kelsey, I've heard you through this, this, this medium. That would be helpful. The next course that's coming up is called Social Justice as Healing. Or maybe Healing Work social justice as healing work. So we're going to open the courses I, I, and I find out that I'm teaching like a 500 level course when I'm trying to teach a beginner's course. That's okay. Um, what I do bring and what helps is that you're going to find out that it's okay to be wrong right away. And you're going to be held in that. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what a lot of our, our parenting structures haven't held for us is that a healthy discipline this is what this is what we're talking about is upbringing a healthy discipline so getting to that point where you can go okay i'm going to come in and i understand where i'm at and you might and it's and relationship is important so explaining where the, that is at for you like this is my experience so far or this is where i want to engage more um i do engage with my students and in, interact in within the group that the facebook um class is taking place and I'll do some one-on-one consults um you know if it comes up we try to keep that to a 
reasonable amount because I also keep my courses very, very affordable because it's so for people to be able to do this work. Um, if you're somebody that has excess resources, you can create a scholarship for someone else. If you're somebody that doesn't have the economic resources right now, you have a heart of pay it forward, join the class, it'll get covered. This is, there's no energetic debt for me. Great. I want people to be engaged with this work. The course itself is gonna have several really amazing guest speakers. And that's where the reciprocity also is very important for me is that I, I need to be able to acknowledge the tremendous amount of experience and energy that they're bringing to the table. Um, I'm excited. This course is running itself, which is like a brand new I'm really letting go of the reins I wasn't planning on teaching for a while so it's really amazing to watch it unfold this is spirit's work not mine <laughs> I'm a vessel <laughs> and I'm a facilitator in this process thank yeah. you thank you thank you is there anything else I want to give you oh I mean just it's wonderful I guess is where this links back in this story just kept keeps coming up for some reason and I think it matters a lot and this is how this is healing work for me also so when I was a child, I um, was very ashamed of being part Native. It's very sad, actually. And I was searching for my identity within an education system that's not predominantly white. And the only thing I got was like a couple of coloring pictures of people that were dead, basically. So we have a, a hashtag or a abbreviation NDN. And that was very, um, I think, destabilizing for me as a person because it's so, this whiteness culture is so inculcated. It took me a very long time to, I wanted the connection, but I had been taught over and over again that what I was was embarrassing or something to cover or didn't exist even. And I think that that's a really big one. You know, it was like, well, people think about native people and they go, well, there's only plains people. Not that there's like people that lived all across Turtle Island, vast cultures, diverse cities, pyramids, and that North Americans were capable of doing, North American native people were capable of building these things. A lot of, a lot of that has been ripped and stolen from us. And so for me personally, when I do this work, it's also about healing that child that needed to know that she was okay as a whole person and not be a divided person. So when I hear about how my work has, um, when I hear about maybe somebody that's in a role that, that speaks up on behalf of, you know, I heard one story, it's like a Columbus Day story, speaks up on behalf of indigenous awareness, qualities, um, correcting the record of history, all of that stuff. And I hear that there was a student that looked healed that probably is native or part native in a class that heals the little girl at me, mm. if that makes sense. Cause I get to know that if I had been there, I would have known I was okay. Yeah. It makes, it makes a lot of sense because we are all connected, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and we are in it together. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, so that's the work. That's the work and that's the, it's exciting for me to hear about how, you know, and it doesn't have to be big things. It, that's what I mean. Like, this is just one story. This is one example of like, 
somebody using their voice. That didn't take money to do that. Yeah. And I think that that's where you have to do this though, so that it comes out authentically. And so there is a lot of work that has to be done with the deprogramming or the unmastery of the, the master race narrative. <laughs> I think I might do a free, I actually think I might do this in the next week. I might do an unmastery class. I love that idea. I think that's a great idea. Um, it's a really, really good idea. And oh, there was something that I was just gonna say. Um, just the, the 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 little pieces of work that it doesn't always. Yeah, this is what I was going to say, you know, and, and also to be reminded that it is lifelong work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so no matter how much of this work we've done. Uh, and I say we white people specifically, no matter how, but and just humans, because because we've all been affected no matter how much of this work we've done, we can continue to learn and we need to continue. I think, I think we have a responsibility to, to continue to have. Not just a, yeah, not just a responsibility of our survival depends on it. Well, and that's, I, that's the, that's the root of why I say responsibility. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's like a whole other podcast episode. If you want to come back, we can talk about the environment. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> we can talk about the land and indigenous perspectives and, and human. And then we're going to get into that in the class. I actually have a really amazing guest speaker that's going to come in who's from Nunavut and um, isn't grounded in indigenous knowledge, grew up in, the, in, the, in an indigenous setting her whole life and has an incredibly warm and gracious heart. So I made sure that the teachers are all coming from this space yep. too, with, along with the knowledge that they have. Yep, and the heart. Uh, let's, let's leave it on that. It's the heart, right, coming through there. Because no matter how, how good our intentions are, if we're not centered in that, um, you can correct me if you don't agree. I think it's problematic. Uh, yeah, and we have to be careful even so. You have to feel your heart and make, and that's why the rewiring of the cognitive systems is important. And that's maybe, not to end on a difficult note, but that is, this is bringing it full circle in terms of um, that connection to source energy and not being parasitic or ways to um, come to the table with a full basket the guilt isn't going to bring the full basket. You have to find your connection to bring the full basket to the table. If you go and you are feeling guilty and so you don't bring an offering or your offering is skewed or it's not the offering that's being asked for, then you haven't done your relational work. And so that's one thing that's happening in all sorts of social justice settings that's an engagement with white guilt. And the other thing that happened for me is that when the George Floyd thing happened, I had a bunch of white women that got very scared in my inbox, constantly needing, re, they needed to be, they wanted to, they wanted me to let them know that they were okay. Can you say on to their privilege? Can you say that, say that sentence? They wanted me to let them know that they were okay, benefiting from a yeah, they wanted wanting me to let them know is basically what was happening. They were expending my energy as a person that they saw as an expert um, in this work and, and that was 
safe enough or looked enough like people that they thought they had a solidarity with that I would be able to do that for them, that I could give them that reassurance, basically. And I can't give that to you. You have to do the work on your own. Um, even if you take a class, you're going to be doing this work on your own. And, and that kind of white narcissism and the way that that showed up damaged with had damaging results in my community and i could see it very clearly because i was spent there wasn't equal energy exchange and i had nothing to give back to the community that i'm a part of that was in mourning so if you're going to show up at somebody's funeral bring food for the family and figure out what that looks like as a member of the murdering family you have to be very humble when you show up. Mm -hmm. I think that that is a, a good place to end it. Uh, we did, we took it to that, that heavier place and I'm, I'm happy that that happened. Um, thank yeah. you for coming on. And I really, I really love speaking with you. Uh, I knew, I knew that it would uh, after just having again i think we've been swimming around each other for a little while so grace thank you for coming on thank you so much and we'll look forward to maybe doing another podcast about land and healing or maybe you'll maybe you'll decide you want to hang out in this class space and maybe you'll you'll gain some other people that you want to bring onto the podcast that have have even more deep perspectives from mm -hmm. from their experience growing up yeah awesome thank you <laughs> thank you